My bags are packed and I'm ready to go because I'm going to attend the Berkshire Hathaway shareholders meeting in Omaha, Nebraska in the next couple of weeks. It's my first time as an observer of what's often described as Woodstock for capitalists. It's the ultimate American dream story of a young guy, well he was young once, a long time ago, um, who grew up doing newspaper rounds and then through sticking to simple investment principles but armed with a ferocious intellect and solid discipline, is today one of the world's richest people. His name is Warren Buffett and regarded as the world's most successful investor. Philip Forer is Global Head of Wealth and Investment at Standard Bank. I think we need to remind people who Warren Buffett is, Philip Forer, because to you, Warren Buffett, uh, is something of, a, of, a, of an expert in the world of investing. To the vast majority of us, he's just an old woman. He's made a lot of money. Are you, are you a devotee? Are you a follower even of, of Warren Buffett? Yes, hi Bruce. Thanks for having us on the show, and I'm sure you're looking forward to your trip. I am. Quite, quite I am. I know. No, you see, I'm, I'm special. You have to work. I go on trips. That's the way it works. You see, Philip. Oh, That's the way it enjoy. Works. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, the, yeah, so are you a devotee of of, of the Buffett philosophy? I think you know. He's been, it's been a wonderful journey following him over the many years, and and I think most people that uh, spend time in the markets really subscribe to his philosophy, and it's. It's actually really quite simple if you think about it. It's not rocket science. In fact, one of my favorite quotes of his is uh, he talks about to invest successfully over a lifetime doesn't require the stratospheric IQ or unusual business insights or inside information. He says what you need is a sound intellectual framework for making uh, decisions against um, to avoid emotions eroding that framework. Uh, It's such a simple little uh, saying that he has, but if you think about it, it's, that's what it comes down to, having a consistent framework to compare yourself against constantly um, it, now and into the future. But you've got to have such an extraordinary level of self-confidence that you're right. I mean, and he bases his philosophy on the teachings of a guy called Benjamin Graham, who was sort of writing before the the, uh, the Great Depression. I mean, this is 1920s thinking that Warren Buffett applies today and it still works, which implies it works right absolutely it, it, and it still does and it really comes down to a couple of very simple points if you think about it he talks about taking a long-term view um, and in his mind it's 10 years plus look for quality businesses um, that uh, that make good profits look for good management in those businesses um, and stick to your guns um, and he talks about you know looking for companies that have this moat he refers to this moat where where it's a competitive advantage that a business may have might be the brand or the way they do business or whatever it is um, and it really comes down to that but taking taking a long-term view on quality businesses making sure you pay a fair price for them and sitting tight sitting on your hands I mean for years he avoided trendy tech shares and that saved him in 1999 but he started to take stakes in companies you might regard as technology companies but these are more I don't know he loves railroads he's invested in old-fashioned things like railroads because you need to get goods from point A to point B and I suppose hardware computer hardware Apple for example that's the the railroad of the 21st century that's how information flows he he likes Apple yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely taken a little dabble. You're right, in the 90s, he was very opposed to, to tech at all. In fact, uh, avoided it completely. He just didn't understand it. But uh, he currently holds a, up to, I think it's over 8% of IBM currently. Sure. Um, and, and really, he just, he, there, it's, it goes back to his basics philosophies again. It's, he, he backs the management. It's a good business that generates cash. He thinks it's got a great moat. Um, in the form of of a, of a strong brand, yeah, um, and then in fact, in in the last AGM last year, he he mentioned Amazon, 
which was a surprise. I mean, there's a business that trades on, on a stratospheric uh, PE. But he said, no, he admires uh, Bezos. He thinks it's a very strong business that's disruptive. Uh, he thinks it's changing the, the, the retail space and, and down the line, potentially the retail property market mm. as well. I mean, we're very, very quickly, Philip, because we're always pressed for time. But yes. this idea of active versus passive investing, he's an active investor. He takes stakes in companies. He takes big stakes in companies. He doesn't like to sell stakes in companies. He likes to support management teams that are solid brands, that are solid products, that are solid, that have got dominant in their markets. But famously, he said that in his will, most of what he leaves his widow should go into passive funds, which is so contradictory and it implies that he doesn't believe that anybody else can do active investing as well as he does uh, indeed uh, he said he he wants uh, all that all that his wife's inheritance to go into index funds and there's definitely a place for index funds there's no doubt that the, the, it's a growing market it offers you know quality indexes indices anywhere in the world you can follow anything you want to at a very low price there's a lot to be said for that um but as you say, he's, he's, he's an active manager himself, and I, I still think there is space for in our market for active managers. There, we have some very good managers in South Africa that are, are you know, good at selecting long-term bus- businesses that offer that at a fair price and, and holding on to those. So the answer is probably somewhere in between. I think any portfolio should have a combination of, of low-cost indices and, and a couple of active managers around around uh, to to select mm. some of the better companies. I mean, and he often goes against the tide. He goes against popular and po- populist thinking, and it's clearly worked for him more often than it hasn't. But he's not flawless. I mean, he is apparently a human being. Apparently, if you cut him, he will bleed. He yeah. will, won't he? Apparently. Yeah. Rumors Indeed. are. Rumors are. <laughs> he, uh, absolutely. But he is, as you say, he's a real contrarian. Um, as you said earlier, he's bought railways, which was quite a surprise. He owns 10% of Coca-Cola in a... And in a world that's sort of anti-sugar, um, he's done some crazy contrarian things, and you know it's it's worked for him. Um, I think it is a great strategy, but one's got to have a, a really good conviction of of your purchase and be able to sit on your hands through the noise. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. Philip Fora, thank you. The Global Head of Wealth and Investment at Santa Bank. He's also involved at philanthropy at Santa Bank. And I mean, Warren Buffett is one of the world's biggest philanthropists. He and his mate Bill Gates have given away 90% of their wealth into trusts, into funds that, are, that invest in uh, key projects. I mean, anti-malaria, for example, on the African continent has been a key feature of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So Warren Buffett giving away the lion's share of his wealth to Bill Gates to administer as he sees fit. Philip Forup, thank you. Global Head of Wealth and Investment at Santa Bank. I am looking forward to going to the, what's it called? The Woodstock for Capitalists as an observer, as an, a passive observer, um, to check what it's all about.